Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday's message was given by First Pres Interim Senior Pastor, Reverend Dr. Tassie Green. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture reading today is from Exodus, chapter 12, verses 1 through 14, and verses 25 through 27, which you will find in the Old Testament section of our Pew Bibles, beginning on page 59 or on the screen. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. Holy Spirit, settle our hearts and minds as we read the scriptures today. Help us to hear them in a new way. May our meditations and actions be acceptable to God, and may the peace of the Christ be with us. Amen. Exodus 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month they are to take a lamb for each family a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roast it over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals." On all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival of the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. Verse 25. When you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep this observance. And when your children ask you, what do you mean by this observance? You shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, for he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt, when he struck down the Egyptians, but spared our houses. And the people bowed down and worshiped. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's a dramatic story. Thanks for setting it up so dramatically. A time when disaster was all around, 
And yet God protected God's people and said, do not enter. Disaster, don't come this way. These are my people, and I will protect them. Do you have a story in your life when God protected you? Unexpectedly, you were headed one direction, and then suddenly you were headed another It's good for us to remember these times when God either saved our spiritual life or our physical life. It's all connected. And it's good for us to tell one another these stories. See if you can find a time to share your stories this week to remember. One of the most often used words in the Bible is remember. God asks us to remember God's mighty acts in our lives even when they're far less dramatic than the Exodus. Just like in our passage, God calls the Israelites to remember this Exodus night, not just once or twice, but for all generations. God establishes the Passover feast. And what we've heard in our passage, if you look at it more closely, is not the historical event itself, the historical story of what happened when, but it's what's called a liturgical remembrance, the way we tell it in worship, to worship God, the story of the Passover and the Exodus event that we will recite, a way that we report God's words and God's commands to the next generation in a way that shapes the understanding of what the 10th plague of the Passover was and more. It's God's way of recreating them as God's people because from this night on, they will begin counting their lives and their time anew. God changed the beginning of the year for them. Their new lives begin with God's saving work and when God especially spared their children. And then it continued with a specialized meal, taking a journey worshiping God according to God's instructions. So this exodus as a new beginning shows that God was doing an act of new creation. In some way, God at least views what God is doing with the Israelites as remaking the whole world, starting with them. History is going to start over right here and right now. That's why the events themselves are filled with these instructions how best to remember the events forever. And a meal. Of course, we remember best when we use all our senses, our whole bodies. The Exodus is this new beginning. The Passover meal reassures the nervous Israelites that their trustworthy God, it will indeed do what God has promised. God will deliver them. God will have victory over Pharaoh. Before they even step out the door, God assures them that God is in control and God will not leave them hungry. The Passover gives them a chance to obey God, not only with their minds and bodies, but with their hands and their feet and their mouths to do what God has asked with their whole selves because their lives depend on it. So we hear the story how in Egypt they followed God's commands, they brushed the doorposts with blood, and then they have this meal. And not only do they eat the special meal, they eat it with their cloaks on to eat as families before they rush out the door on the way to the promised land. And as you probably know, the Passover meal remains central to Jewish identity to this day. 
Have any of you joined in one? It's a privilege. Scott Hosey from Calvin explains, when observing the Passover, the Jews don't say, we remember this night how God led those people long ago out of Egypt and into the Red Sea. Instead, they let memory hook them into God's story by saying, we remember this night how God led us out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. You ate the herbs, the lamb, and the unleavened bread with one hand while holding your walking stick in your other hand. Today, maybe that'd be like eating a lamb gyro with your coat on, your car keys already in hand. This was a meal for people on the go, on the way out of death, through death, and to new life. You see, God is giving the Israelites a memorable event. It serves as practice at obeying God. God's training them in the benefit and the necessity of following God's lead. God knows that they will need this practice over and over in future times and years of struggle. God saves them, and they will realize without a doubt that God worked once in their lives. They put an exclamation point on it. They know when it happened. They remember. They'll realize that God can do it again and again in their uncertain future. John Calvin, the reformer, says that Passover is both a recollection of past deliverance and its nourishment for future deliverance. It feeds our minds and our souls to be ready. God is building up trust muscles as God recreates them as God's redeemed people, even as they step out into the unknown. We've talked about this, that God's goal for the Exodus was to take them from being enslaved people to a free people who would freely choose to love God and serve God in a new land. And that's what's happening here. God is remaking them as God's people who freely obey God in gratitude in response to God's love made visible. But that is a more difficult task, not only to do it, but to do it in gratitude. That's going to take quite a long time, 40 years, you might remember. And what about us? As we read this story, how do we see it in the scope of God's creation? And how are we involved? At this point in the Bible story, redemption is yet to come in Jesus Christ. But Jesus is involved. John the Baptist calls him Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. It compares him to the Passover lamb. First John says, the blood of Jesus, God's son, purifies us from all sin. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but for also for the whole sins of the world. I call them Easter eyes as we look back at other events in the Bible and in history through the resurrection of Jesus, through that lens. With our Easter eyes, we can see how God began working in God's people during Passover and Exodus. Because we followers of Jesus believe that God brings God's redemptive plan to fulfillment and completion in the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so what do we do? We remember it through the sacrament of the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper. This meal reassures we nervous people that our trustworthy God will again do what God has promised. God will deliver us. God will have victory, as God has done many times before, 
and reminds us that God can perform a new act of creation in us. I don't always do this, but I want to tell you a personal story of a time when I know that God delivered me. I don't understand why sometimes God does for people and sometimes God does not. But it was Maundy Thursday during Holy Week, 20-some years ago, and I was headed, I lived in Seattle, I was headed south on I-5, which is the tollway, headed towards my church, University Presbyterian, to go to the evening service. And an unusual event for Seattle, it was raining hard, not just raining a little bit, and hailing. And I noticed that cars were passing me, and so I was working my way over to the right lane when my car hydroplaned and spun out across all five lanes of I-5. Now, in that moment, I thought, I'm going to get smashed, and I closed my eyes and hung on. And it was amazing, because in that moment, I didn't hear any tires screech or cars honking. In fact, it felt to me in the moment as if my car had been lifted up and gently placed out of harm's way. I have no idea what anyone else saw, because nobody even pulled over and stopped. But my car came to rest, perpendicular to the road, perfectly placed on the island between the on and off ramp, with only an axle bent. And what's more, as I opened my eyes, thinking, am I dead? What's going on? There was a rainbow across the entire sky. Wow. I sat there shaking. And as I was waiting for the tow truck to come, I realized that there had not been another break in rush hour traffic in all that time. Again, I have no idea what anyone else saw, but I am sure that I was delivered in that moment. What's more, it was the night before I was about to change jobs and begin to work for World Vision as director of one of their U.S. programs. And as I told my friends at my goodbye party, at my current employer, we all just sat in wonder. What does this mean? And now, years later, I tell that story to my kids and with my husband every Holy Week. We remember. I don't tell it all the time because it seems like such a unique and unrepeatable miracle. But I bet if we began to show, tell stories, you might have some stories too. Maybe not quite as dramatic as that, but maybe a time when you were sure that God acted on your behalf. I encourage you to tell those stories with one another, whether in small groups or over brunch or at your committee meetings. I know many of you will come to tell them to me this week, and I appreciate that. Share them with one another, too. It builds our confidence that God works, just like the Passover did for these folks. As we live with our car keys in hand, as we are people on the go, we are reminded that before we step out this door into our daunting world, that God is going to help us. That's why we take the Lord's Supper every month, because we need reminders. We need to be recreated. God reassures us again and again that God is in control. And we have the opportunity to obey God with our whole selves, with our mind and our bodies, with our hands and feet, with our mouths. With all our senses, we join in the story as we worship God. In fact, on every place on the globe, 
we celebrate the Lord's Supper and we remember Jesus' sacrifice and resurrection. We remember that God acts in powerfully and unexpected ways that are all God's doing. And God does it in our lives again and again. Someone once asked the famous black preacher, James Cone, why is it that sermons in black churches are so long? And James Cone thought about it and he replied, all week long, six days a week, society tells black people they are of less value than white people. Come Sunday, Cone said, we have to preach a little longer because it takes a while to talk people back into remembering who we really are as children of God. We can all learn from the black church. We all need weekly reminders that we are children of God, and not only we, each person around us that we will encounter. It's too easy some days to forget. And in our uncertain futures, God is building our trust muscles as God recreates us as God's freed, redeemed people who have the opportunity to freely follow and love God and serve God, even as we step out into the unknown. We're free to follow Jesus, treat one another equally, live lives together as God's cherished people. In the Passover, we see that all God promised God's people in the Exodus, God delivered, but not the easy way. In the Lord's Supper and in weekly worship in Sabbath, we see that all God has promised us in Jesus Christ, God is delivering. Remember. Last week, I challenged us who are people on a journey to join together in what I call a breath prayer. It's as easy as breathing in and out. You can use this prayer. And so in closing, as we remember, let's pray this prayer together, asking God to guide us. Please join me. Lead us, O oh God. Guide us. Amen. <laughs>